know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. Hello, 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 family, and welcome back. I can't believe it's Friday already. Welcome to the James Dentley Show, where we don't think outside the box, because in our world, there is no box. I want to jump right into it today. We're running a couple of minutes late, still technical difficulties, but nothing can stop what's meant to be. And I have two exciting guests, and the first gentleman I want to bring to the forefront, and I want to do it right away, a gentleman I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I had heard of him. Uh, so his reputation preceded uh, our meeting. And I got a chance to watch him from afar, and my family is in, in, entangled and gross and in, in, in sync with his message, with his word, with his spirit. And I want to bring to you a gentleman, uh, which is Pastor Tian Hughes. And Pastor Hughes, uh, as being a, a pastor of a phenomenal church that I've been a part of since I was eight years old, a little bit, little bit thing, uh, um, <coughs> comes with a very unique background because not often you find a pastor with a business background. Uh, not only a vice president of security investments, but uh, an, uh, one of the top people with J.P. Morgan Investment Banks as well. So he comes from a background of being able to make things happen and get things done. And the thing that's so impressive to, to me and the reason I wanted all of our listeners to, to experience him is because he's really ingrained in making a difference in the community to make sure that the work that we do inside of the church that we're actually going out into the community and creating measurable impact, expanding the capacity of what is possible in the human spirit. So welcome to the show. Pastor Hughes, how are you doing today? Thank welcome you very you doing, much. Sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing very well, uh, very blessed. Uh, thank you so very much for uh, in, inviting me to be a part of the show. I am uh, humbled by the opportunity and wanted to say thank you so much. Well, I, I thank you as well. You know, as I mentioned I remember coming to Third Baptist Church in Chicago. Um, I was eight years old. Yeah, I'm a long way past eight. A lot of hair is missing. Different colors. Yeah. <laughs> you picked up a little weight. I used to be on a little league team, and I had a little bitty uniform, a little bitty skinny kid. It's kind of, kind of amazing. But I'm, I'm thankful that you're on the show because the thing that really impresses me and amazes me is not the fact that you come from a business background and understand numbers in the business but also the spirit in which you speak and how you live. So what do you think is the most important thing, in your opinion, is providing with the church's function and impacting community before we get into the actual work you're doing? What do you think that should be? Yeah, I, you know, there was a time, and I remember uh, when I was a kid growing up uh, with my grandmother a lot in the South and even in Chicago, you know, the, the, the church was the center of the community where – where most things sort of began. Uh, if you needed a help, if you needed assistance, uh, if you needed a job, if you needed food, if you needed someone to be there, the church was the place where all that kind of began. And to me, I, 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 I very much want to see the church get back to the place where it is the center of the community. And in that, we have to be willing and vulnerable enough to walk along people who have needs, who, who have uh, desires, who need help, who need assistance of every kind. And so the, the thing is, for me, it's difficult to deliver the gospel without answering the need first, mm. because the gospel is, needs to speak to the need, too. Outstanding, outstanding. Well said. You know, I, I have uh, Daniel Pooter who's going to come in on the second half of the show and he is uh, uh, just immersed in education, really impacting communities all over the country, opening up different schools. And I know that part of the Third Baptist Church, there's a facility that has a school, gymnasium, and a lot of great things. What is your vision yeah. for the community in which you serve, and in which ways uh, is the church serving now? Yeah, thank, thank you for asking that question. It really is, for me, the most uh, profound of my desires uh, as I envision what we can do with the possibility of our what we call life center. Uh, and so with the life center, what we want to be able to do with it is to sort of bring life uh, exactly what it sounds like and stands for, meaning we have this huge facility 
And then we live and reside in a cultural sort of epidemic we call urban America. And for any young child and uh, single parent or, or even dual parent home, there's a significant sort of time, a window that uh, is very dangerous uh, and uh, requires us to um, be mindful about. It. And that's kind of like that 2.30 to 8 p.m. time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Where a kid has gotten out of school and the parent is at work and cannot really sort of be there holistically with what may be going on with, uh, with the child, right? And so the idea for us with the Life Center is to be able to answer that significant uh, sort of window of time to be there. Uh, if the parent is unable to be there, uh, then the Life Center would sort of provide that extension of life to be able to feed them, to mentor them, uh, to help them with homework and assistance, care for them, and uh, to sort of advance their lives and to give them some hope that, um, you know, that they can live beyond whatever their urban struggles is. And I, I, let me say, I am extremely passionate about that uh, and being able to do that. The church has an extreme amount of sort of debt connected to the, 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 the edifice and the space, be it 75,000 square feet of space. And so my goal is, to sort of partner with uh, a lot of people to sort of get the debt paid off so that we can use it for what it is designed to do. But, you know, I look across our city for which I'm a resident of and also born and raised on the south side of Chicago. You look at these children and they're being sort of killed and hunted down in the streets. And most of them are within that time frame of, of, of time. Yeah. Uh, one-year-old child was shot five blocks from us at 5.22 p.m. And, um, you know, these are the things that we need to be able to sort of address as the church. That's the gospel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. My wife, Dr. Kara Scott Dentley, and myself, our nonprofit, and as well as Daniel, who's coming on a little later, is really about children, veterans, and seniors. But with those children, you know, um, you know, there's so many things that, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, that, Starts when we're children. It says, teach a child the way they should go when they're young. And when they grow older, they shall not depart from that. I know for a fact that's very true in my life. It saved me and brought me back. But you know what Paul says? The things that I want is not what I do. I do the things in which I hate. What do you think it is about the human condition that we, uh, and how does the thinking and the, and the gospel, the teaching, and, and your philosophy and teaching, how does, help, and how does that create impact? So we can stay on path and purpose. What would be the keys, I guess, to keep it simple? To stay, to stay on path yeah. and purpose where we can operate in the spirit of love and service as we, and understand the strength and the power that lies within that. Yeah, that, that is a, uh, let me say, a very heavy theological question. And yes, uh, I'm not going to break out my theology, right? But I, but I will say this. I will say Paul said something else that is the center of what our faith is, my vision is, and I believe the calling for the church. Paul said, I have become all things to all men so that some of them might be saved. And, and I think it, it kind of wraps around the question that I want us to sort of begin to ask as a church. Often what you hear from the church is, what do you bring to the church? What are your gifts? We, we sort of ask that question either consciously or even, uh, you know, even in our subliminal conscious where we ask it without asking it. But the better question to ask around Paul's theology and the mission for the church is, what can the church be for you? Wow. Meaning, what can we become? so that we can deliver the gospel, which in turn helps one be saved. And I think once we start asking that question, then our ministries start uh, ministering to the answers of those questions. So, So to your point, how we create impact is one, asking the right question. What can we become for you? Second, the second thing to become impactful is, 
not only asking the question and going home and going to bed and thinking, wow, we asked great questions today, right? But Mm -hmm. the second thing is creating ministries to answer those questions. And I think when you start doing that, that brings a great deal of hope and faith to people who feel like you're not just hearing us, you're answering us. And then after we have asked the question, created the ministries to provide answers, then it's time for us as a church to walk alongside uh, individuals. And let me say this, part of what keeps us straddled in doing that is potentially our own hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. It is our own shortcomings, disappointments, our own, what we, you just mentioned as our human issue, our human problem. I think, though, the more we walk alongside people, you get two things. The human spirit gravitates to two very charismatic things. One, we realize that our lives, though they have trauma and pain, they are not all bad, especially considering when we look at the pain of other people. And then the second thing is having a partner that you can walk alongside and who walks alongside you is very ministering to one's soul, psyche, and heart to be able to say, here I have someone who understands what I have gone through, understands what I'm going through, and we're going through it together. And that's where Jesus lies. Jesus says in this very small window picture to his disciples, blessed are you for coming to see me when I was in prison for providing shelter when I had nowhere to stay and for giving me food when I had nothing to eat. And the disciples said to him, when were you in prison? And when did, were you didn't have any place to live? And when did you not have food? He said to them, as much as you have done it for them, you have done it for me. And that's when the church is now the church. Wow, you know, and I always say there's nothing more powerful than the power of the human connection because we all are connected, connected, and you really just, you know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting, Pastor, because, you know, even though you just, just, uh, just had just shared a very clear message, because of our paradigm, because of the filters in which we, we interpret things in our life, why is it that everyone hears a little something different and what are the common threads that brings every man, every woman together that we get it, that we feel it, that it's just not the words in our ears, but the words that come in our heart and the essence of our spirit and who we are. Look, what we're going to do, we're going to take, before you, I want you to think about that for a second. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with uh, the Honorable Pastor uh, Tian Hughes from Third Baptist Church of Chicago. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel how do you define work is it that mundane monday through friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment achievement and purpose if you are looking to make your work life the latter tune in to working on purpose with elise cortez there are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, 
Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to Black Friday every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow, evolve, change. You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Stentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Stentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Pastor uh, Tian Hughes from the Third Baptist Church of Chicago. On deck, I have Daniel Pewter from my. Uh, my life, my power, and it's going to be really exciting because Daniel brings a lot of energy. Uh, I, we were just talking about um, in our thinking, our focus, and how do we stay focused. I believe that for, for the most part, all of us really want the same things and want to avoid the same challenges in life. So how do we communicate that, not just through, just through our words, but through our life and our actions, and how important is that to uh, became, becoming a change that we uh, – that we want to see in our community. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, it is an admirable desire, right, to want to be, uh, to want to offer well one's life and spirit uh, to the world that we have all inherited. Um, the issues that plague us from being able to do that are, are let me just say, um, multiple. And there is a multiplicity of ways to be distracted, to be impacted, both in positively and negative. So here's what I think um, the first thing we have to be willing to do to, to one, stay focused is one, we have to do some self-care. Uh, and um, that may mean that self-care means physical self-care, taking care of ourselves. It may mean emotional and psychological self-care which, you know, is a very, you know, we have to deal better with um, behavioral health in the African-American community because we don't do very well with it. Um, when you have people who are struggling with mental illness and behavioral health, we, we don't do very well at answering those needs, right? So we need to be able to do some self-care. Uh, we need to be vulnerable enough to talk about what our pain is and then uh, to seek partnership in that. Yeah. And the, sec the second thing we need to do, though, is, you know, we need to be mindful of our spirituality that is God-given. That also needs some work. Um, you cannot just come to church on Sunday, leave church on Sunday, and be filled, and to be full, and to be focused. I don't think that it works that way. I think you need to be present. You need to be involved. And then, just like everything else that requires work, um, you need to be intentional about spiritual health. Um, and then that's where some of that comes into play with community and walking alongside people. It really does minister to one's spirit uh, to be able to feel good about uh, being a, a sharer of someone else's womb. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I'll say we need to do is, um, you know, is to give back, um, to give back, to be a part of, reshaping and redirecting uh, what our world has sort of gotten wrong. Uh, well, we be a part of that. And uh, it takes all of these things to be able to do that. But then I think focus comes into clarity when you know yourself and your own wounds, your own pain, your own limitations, your own uh, grasp and reach. And then, you, you know, you're very in tune with what you are, where you are spiritually. I think then it is then only that you're a whole person. And that's what I think God wants from all of us is to be whole and healthy. Amen, amen. You know, I always, um, I always say when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's so interesting because all of us have had challenges and problems and pain in our life, disappointment, frustrations, which I believe are self-imposed. However, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at do actually change because I look at all the challenges I've had in my life from having going through illness to going through 
relationships, going through financial calamity, going through people around me, just uh, making their transition and not understanding or not being ready or ready to accept it. All the things that could happen to, you know, that near-death experiences, that these scars for me are just beautiful scars. They've always allowed me the opportunity as I see them now to be able to have conversations, minister, share, and be present with someone else who's hurting. Because before I got cancer, I could never sit down with someone who had cancer and say, I know how you feel. Let's yeah. talk about it just a little bit, you know? So what do you think is, um, what do you, well, let me ask you this. What is your vision for the future? You've taken on a monumental task. Uh, I know, you know, you have to raise revenue, but also you have to shift the mindset of people, the spirit of people, yeah. bring hope yeah. and inspiration and excitement back to what is possible in life, to what their true nature and calling is, will be. So what's next and, and, and what's your mission? What's your focus? And uh, let's go ahead and proclaim what the future, let's just tell us the story of the future. What's yeah. happening next? Yeah, I, you know, for me, I really want to be, I'm a people pastor. I am a community pastor. Mm-hmm. And my long-reaching goal and desire uh, and vision from the Lord is to care for uh, every person God has given us uh, as a brother and sister, every age. So the Life Center speaking to an age, a group of people. Uh, we have a lot on the back end of our church. I would love to see it turn into some senior living uh, to be able to minister to the needs of our elders so that they don't feel forgotten, lost. Um, and then we have across the street, we're doing the food pantry, which now is going to get a new addition to have a soup kitchen so that we're feeding people at home and who are presently hungry now. Uh, and so that that for me is the, the big idea is to be able to minister to all of the people in our community. And then I I want pray that the church returns to the center of the community. And one of the ways that we do that is by doing it sort of the Dr. King way, Uh, meaning we are ingrained and involved and we are we listen to the heartbeat of our community and we respond when things happen. And we don't just have church in the four walls of our church, but the church needs to sort of get out of the four walls of its confinement and speak to the needs of the people. Be present when things happen in the community. Be responders when things need to change. Ringing the alarm when things go wrong. And so that for me is the, the overall vision for what I believe we, we, we want to go. And let me say, I think Mark Twain had it best. Uh, Mark Twain said there are two very important parts in everyone's lives. And he said it is the time, one, that you are born, and the second time when you figure out why. And what a profound thing to say. Yeah. That is, it is both the need to know why you are here in purpose that matches the reason uh, of why you were born. And then I think uh, we can all gleam and lean on the words of uh, the great uh, both uh, and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said these very profound words in 1968, for the service to people is our rent for our time here on earth. My job as pastoral leader is to ensure that our people in Third Baptist Church of Chicago is not evicted nor late in the service that we provide uh, all of human creation. It is both our call, our design, and the reason why uh, God called the church and Christ died for it. Yeah. It must be about people. Yes, 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 yes. You know what? I want you to stay with us just a moment. I want to bring... Mr. Daniel Cooter, and Daniel is a great friend of mine. We actually met as we were both beneficiaries for the City Gala and City Summit. And we spent a year uh, with about seven other organizations where they helped us to build, develop, and raise uh, money for our nonprofits, but also gave us a platform, uh, which Daniel has done some phenomenal things with. Uh, Daniel Pewter, Pastor, he's, he's, he's the founder of My Life and My Power. This gentleman is an entrepreneur. He's a deputy sheriff. He's an educator. Uh, he is a, um, 
He is a martial artist champion, uh, AAMA fighter, championship fighter. The gentleman won the WWE $1 million martial arts uh, program as well, whether the competition. He was a winner of that. Um, the guy is uh, one me. I think it was called Tough Enough. That's what it was, Tough Enough, and just a wonderful human being. He's out there building schools uh, throughout the country right now. And Daniel, first of all, welcome to the show. And I'm going to give you ample time. But some of the things that the pastor talked on, can you kind of? You've been listening in. Can you kind of touch on that and and give us your take on one of the, some of the things you've heard? Daniel, are you there? Doctor Danley. Yeah, Pastor, I love what you're talking about. I love how you are the, the in the community, making the impact, serving the need, because a lot of times, a lot of churches are wrapped up with that four walls, and they just serve themselves versus going out into the community, really loving on it and solving some problems. I find that um, a lot of nonprofit churches or other organizations, we worry so much about you know helping people versus really solving problems. I think I think a lot of time we we want to we want to go help people because we're we're trained as as kids to help instead of really focus on how do we create solutions for the next generation. You know, at, at this point, um, you know, we're, we're twenty trillion in debt as a country, as as the United States of America, hundred trillion in unfunded liabilities we owe. We have three percent of the world's population in America, with twenty five percent of the world's prison population. Yeah. So. We got a lot of craziness going on, and I find like just in just in America, we have over eight thousand kids a day uh, drop out of high school. Like, what? What is like? This is crazy. How we're not inspiring our kids to be able to go to school to a free school system to be able to learn and grow. And so, with mentors like Dr. Dentley in my life, and people that give advice, direction, and what I see and how I follow and how I have a growth mindset to love our current and future generations. Um, I find that working and, and building seeds today will create results, but the system doesn't provide the amount of time to be able to create good humans. It's more about the content, but about the math, science, English, social studies, that sort of thing in the school system, where they spend a third of their childhood, eight hours a day, um, learning information all on ourselves now versus building humans, building uh, the heart, building the soul, um, you know, really finding themselves creating real results. Uh, so that's what we get to do around the country with our emotional intelligence, with our police intelligence, and really building the human, uh, which when they're passionate, they're going to want to learn. When they're loving themselves, they're going to build a new community. So it's amazing and, and super blessed. Dr. Emily, thanks for having me on Daniel, I'm, I apologize, man. We can't hear you clearly. You're going in and out. I don't know if that's no, you're in your car, but there's a lot of yeah, cover reception there. Can, 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 can you hear me now, Dr. Daniel? A lot better now. Yeah, much better. No, much better. So, yeah, to be able to launch and really serve and love those kids, I think that's one of the biggest keys. I mean, we have over 40 kids now, and, and, uh, and we haven't had one fight in our school, and most of our kids are being expelled for – um, you know, some, some major challenges or coming out of DJJ or, you know, fight, you know, anger, or failing out of school. So it's, it's amazing to be able to see how people can transform, um, you know, their lives and how if, if they can see it, then they can be it. Outstanding, outstanding. So you're developing these schools, and I know we've been talking for a long time, and we've been friends now. It's been a little while. Matter of fact, last time I saw you, uh, we, we went to go pick up Mr. Wesley Snipes, and now I understand both of us are doing business and collaborating with him with him, and so some other phenomenal people that are part of that world. So what do you find? Let me ask you a question. You interview people all the time. I remember you interviewed myself and Byron Scott, another young man with our basketball league. Who was the most interesting person you've interviewed, and what did you learn from them? Hmm. I would say... Today, I sat down and interviewed the CEO and president of Step Up for Students, and they give a billion dollars away to private schools in the state of Florida. 
mm. every year to be able to fund kids with scholarships who have learning challenges, who have been bullied with their Hope Scholarship. Um, and he broke down how he does leadership. And it, it aligns with how, how I do it. He has in his organization coaches for his staff. And his philosophy is either learn from your challenges or your failures, as he says, or, or, or succeed. And to be able to understand where people come from like, we all have, you know, in our space, Dr. Dentley, I think a lot of what we do, we hear a lot of motivational speakers and frameworks and concepts and ideas. I think the difference is from understanding it to really following through is the commitment piece. And what I love about you and other people that I've interviewed is some of them are talk and some of them are real. And the people that are in my life are real. They follow through with their word. They bust their butt. They have a purposeful living. Um, and they really care about other humans. And they put other humans in front of themselves. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it's a blessing. And hey Daniel, your, your side it's of it's crazy, is, right? is really, really crazy. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Next week, I'm going to have Secretary of State Jesse White, who's been a dear friend of myself. My wife was his intern at one point, and we honored him at our gala. Uh, for the work he's been doing, and he's got a lot of things to say. But the only person I had, so I'm going to bring you back next week when you're not in your car so we can hear you because they can't hear you. Maybe four words they can't hear you. will be at home. I, I apologize for the uh, crazy service. Man, look, I understand. I live in that space. And you know what? I want you to say hello to uh, my new pastor. Gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to get to know my family members. Love him. And I, when you come to Chicago, I want to, to have a sit-down. Uh, because you want to do some interesting thing with the children, and and um, and you know how to make things happen in a big way, and so does Pastor Yu. So Pastor Yu, my dear friend Daniel Porter, uh, Daniel, this is Pastor Tian Yu. Daniel, good to meet you, and uh, I look very much for the opportunity in the future to meet you personally. Uh, I'm super blessed. You're out there while you're out there, and uh, I look forward to the opportunity. Thank you, brother. It's super blessed. I'm I'm excited to meet you. I love I love who you are. And- and what, how you're showing up. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thanks, Daniel. We're going to bring you back next week, man. I got to have you there because you've got a lot of things I want to talk about. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Doc. Um, Appreciate you. You got it. All right. Uh, great. Hey, Pastor, back to you. <laughs> now, you know what? Now, in the community, and there's a lot of churches, nonprofits, organizations, and even small business people, uh, people with a dream. And uh, when a person... Um, doesn't feel like they can do it, then they don't. They stop trying to do it. But the same token, there's so many organizations that face the, the, they face the one question: How do I find the capital, the money, to be able to um, complete the goal, to create the initiative? And you know what's kind of interesting? Because in my mind, I believe I tell people all, the other day. I told a person, I said, "My father is rich in houses and land." There is no lack in our world. Hold on. We got to take a quick commercial break. I'm sorry. But one minute behind commercial. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. And I want to talk about where do we find the resources to impact the mission. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have audacious faith for your business? We help you to learn more about stepping out on faith to brand your business and yourself in today's crowded, competitive marketplace. Is your marketing plan in order? How do you set yourself apart? Audacious Faith for Your Business with host Dawn Jordan-Jones will teach you the methods that can make yourself and others aware of who you are. Audacious Faith for Your Business is broadcast live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in and see your hard work pay off. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. You're listening to Black Friday every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow, evolve, change. You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at thejamesstentleyshow.com. Again, that's JD at thejamesstentleyshow.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back, and I'm back with Pastor T.D. Hughes from Third Baptist Church of Chicago. We're going to have Daniel Putter back next week, and we're going to close out the show with, with Pastor Hughes. And I want to give you enough room to just say whatever is in you to speak. You don't have to worry about questions and giving me time. Just take it. I know how to get back in there. Uh-huh. We're going to go to close the show with this. But we were talking about when you have this dream or vision or you take upon a monumental task and there's nothing that's too big for God. Um, how do you think people should, what, when a person says, I, how do I find resources? Um, can you give them some advice or just from your experience of how people can create the resources and what they need to have in place to get those to make that dream come alive? Yeah, you know, um, that that is a, that is always a profound question. I think that one, the church is always, the global church is always trying to sort of ask mm-hmm. and, and find out and figure out and also to become a place of resource. And I think that we, we are, as a church, we're doing that well at Third Baptist as best we can. Um, next week we have, um, you know, we have uh, a health and wellness, community wellness uh, group coming out uh, on April 7th uh, between 1 and 4. And, it's, you know, April is our women's month. And so to answer your question about resources, um, they're going to be doing all kinds of things, uh, blood pressure screening, uh, mammograms, all free, all free. And uh, they're going to be talking about healthy eating and, and uh, exercise and diet and taking care of yourself uh, in that way, which I think is a phenomenal thing. And it's important that people understand that as a church, we want to be a resource and that is one of the ways to do it. Education is a form of resource to be able to sort of reach the needs of people. Mm-hmm. Now, on a on a bigger scale, right, is how do we tap into uh, resources to be able to answer the needs of where we want to go and what we want to be doing? Uh, that is a question that I, I swear to you, I think about every day, 24 hours a day, probably even in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And I have not yet figured out the answer to that. But I think here's what I, I can say about it. I think when we start helping people understand that helping people as a human service is not just an option. It is a divine responsibility. Humanity was created in unison as oneness to be able to help all of humanity. And I think the idea really is is that the moment we begin to understand helping someone else is also helping us, uh, then we can sort of grow. And then you have people come bring resources and and Mm -hmm. say, I have this gift to be able to do these things. And I think that's sort of what we all think about. Let me say, our church needs that help in such profound ways. Um, Not only resources financially, some of the things that we would like to do in regards to the community, um, you know, we are sort of having to do in pieces and phases and it takes time because we, we need the resources. I'm grateful to know that our soup kitchen is a few months potentially away from launching to be able to prepare hot food for community citizens who are in need. And I'm grateful to think about the pantry that's doing well and, um, 
and will do well and has a great future. We need some hands of support to be able to continue to do that. But I think the idea for us is that, you know, um, the moment we're able to uh, get all of what we need, then we can really go forth and be better in the community. But it takes resources to do that. It takes more than just financial resources, though that may be the main resource. You know, it also takes opportunities. Um, um, I'm working with uh, Northern Seminary, for which uh, I'm a student and uh, about to graduate here soon, with uh, being able to answer the need for some, you know, uh, education to African-American pastor, pastoral leaders who don't have the opportunity to have education in their areas. And so we need some support and funding there because if not, the program it will have to end and we you know that would be a shame because you know the better the pastoral leaders are equipped to do the job and to do the work um the more feasible it comes for them to actually do it but it starts with education which helps with training and resources and then the other thing i think we need to understand is people is service and giving is not just monetary Sometimes it takes hands and it takes spirits and it takes hearts and it takes mind power and brain power to do all of what we need to be done. And uh, I think we, we need all of those things. We really do. Yeah. Well, you know, our guys are back on schedule to get back over there on Friday. Again, they've been uh, out the country right now, so they got a little time off. Uh, proactively and made some other uh, plans and shifts in their life. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I live in a world where – empowerment, business development, personal development, spiritual development. And I've been doing this for many, many years. And the one thing that i found, and, um, and it's actually a, a spiritual anchor for me as well, is that we have everything that we need to create whatever's necessary. You know, I believe that the Bible says that from the beginning, God created, and in a human existence, from that time to now and forever, we continually, continuously create. So for those people looking for or more resources, I think there's several questions we could simply ask to create them because they're there. And I'll, I'll say it like this for one example, with our nonprofit, when we not launched our nonprofit, uh, 95% of the, the monies we used to, uh, that we collected to, uh, to help other organizations because our nonprofit already always amazing is like a bridge for other nonprofits and for our own initiatives as well, working with children and then veterans and seniors. And, yeah. um, the, in the beginning, my wife and I have been incredibly blessed, and we have been writing checks to just solve it because my philosophy was, look, I don't want to go and spend a lot of time um, not on the mission but chasing money, chasing campaign dollars and things of that nature. So we just wrote the checks. And as we begin to grow and scale and really put together a, a great board and a great group of people who, who love what we do are committed to the mission, uh, someone said, well, James, you know a lot of people. Why don't you just ask people for the money? They'll give it to you. And I said, well, I don't even know how to do that. And I thought back at it. I came to myself and I said, wait a minute. I remember in 2005, we were launching a company and we launched a, a telecom business. And uh, we did like a half million dollars in, in 30 days. Then the credit card company uh, locked up. Uh, our, all of our revenue, about $300,000, and said they were going to hold our money for six months under review. And we needed that to, to, uh, to actually to thrive and keep moving forward. There was a young lady who I'd known over the phone, a friend over the phone, and she was married to a gentleman who, named Jim who was a police officer, and we would talk and laugh back and forth over the phone. And when, when we had the challenge, she, she used to own a paralegal company, and pastor, she said to me, she said, James, why don't you just get a promissory note and ask people to invest. People believe in you. They'll trust you. They'll, they'll do it. I mean, they'll, they'll invest in you. I said, well, who would do that? I've never asked anybody for money. And so she sends me a, a copy of a promissory note as an example of what to do. When I received it, attached to it was a check for $20,000. And I took that promissory note and had a five-minute conversation with 18 people who wrote checks for ten dollars to $20,000. And it built my belief from there. But I had forgotten that when it came time now to do our work with these children, you know, so an interesting thing was that for three years, we met, she lived in Alabama. We wanted to get together to have lunch. And then one day I get a phone call and she dies in her sleep. And to this day, I don't know what she looks like. And I'm always honored by her. She shaped me with her life 
And I don't need to know what she looks like because she's inside of me. She shaped me and the things I wanted to do. And I'll tell you, it's so interesting. So I made a decision since we're sending 40 kids to Disneyland for the 30-year uh, cast reunion in May, and many of them from the, your church, <laughs> from our church, um, um, I made a decision that, okay, we'll put something together and ask for it. So we go out to the gala, I think it was in February in California, and I went to people where I said, look, we're doing this with the kids. They're writing their own books. We're publishing their own books. We're helping them with their speaking. The, the Destination Safe Haven program is helping these children to flourish and keeping them safe during the summer. We're providing the meals for them, the great quality meals. We'd like you to help. And people just start writing checks for us for that. And I said, wow. You know, so we can ask for it. And the Bible says ask, and it should be given unto you. But as the same token, it's very helpful if you can build up a reputation, not being perfect, but uh, being perfect inside of your per imperfection, that, you know, that a person can believe in you because of the energy behind the words you say, how you show up, and let your work speak for you. And outside of that, every person under the sound of my voice and even on Facebook Live, you have a gift of some value that you bring to the marketplace. And if you have value, to, create, to make money is to create it by providing value because as we move forward into a new economy, it's going to come to the people who have the imaginations because pretty soon 50% of the jobs as we know today will be gone. So I'd like to have some conversations with you also, and even with your fair, man, with this business right here, this little simple business right here. My goodness, man, we make seven figures a year with this little bag of tea and lost 100 pounds at the same time. <laughs> Talk about that. Talk about that. Let's see if it's a good fit for you. But we like to do whatever we can to serve and to be that great example, that shining light. And for everyone else who's looking or watching or listening, that you have a, a part to play, no matter where you are in the world, tuning into this broadcast right now, that we can do greater things together because none of us ever reach our full potential alone. We're not meant to, to operate in isolation. That's right. So, Pastor, we got a couple of minutes left. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to just share with the audience? Yeah. Again, let me say again, thank you, James, for the opportunity. I do want to say one last thing. Um, and first to my to the congregation for which I humbly serve as pastor, uh, they know what I'm going to say. And uh, Third Baptist, I love you, and there's not a thing you can do about it. And <laughs> that means you too, James. Amen. Um, but in saying that, um, I've given us a theme for the year, which I think is not just for the year, but it's for uh, should be for our lives. And that is love that is in action, saves lives. Mm -hmm. And we cannot simply say that we love God and that we are, uh, you know, sort of absolved from the responsibility to walk alongside people. Uh, I think part of our response in loving God is loving God's people. And we have to be able to do that. So here's what I will say in closing. For all of those who people who have been blessed uh, in that way, either financial, financially rich uh, or resourcefully or even with gifts and talents, you know, help us to do this work. Um, the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago deal with tremendous trauma all uh, all of the time, and people need a safe haven. They need some place that uh, they can have faith in and they can grow and prosper in, and Third Baptist is one of those places. And we need help. We really do. We need your help. We need everyone's help. Uh, let us do together what we cannot do alone. Uh, but you, we cannot uh, profess to love God and then be uh, unconcerned about the challenges that come with everyday human life. We have to be. We have to be. And let our legacy not be in a building. Um, let it not be in a space, an address, or the legacies of other people. You know, I'm asking that our legacy be in the testimonies of the people for whom we help and walk alongside. And allow their pain to be our pain. And then in their pain, we see our pain. And then the Lord can minister to us all. I'm asking you to help me to do that. I'm asking everyone to help us answer this call to make the life center the life center to do that we needed to be paid off in full uh it is sitting on probably a six and a six point seven million dollar debt but i'm going to work tirelessly to get it done because this community needs us and all of its citizens need us and we need to be there to respond this is the church that christ died for 
and let that church be forever in us and in our hearts and thoughts. That's what we have to be. Third Baptist, I love you, and there is not a thing you can do about it. Amen, and I love that. And I'll say this in the last 30 seconds. I remember a few years ago, maybe about seven years ago, I was deeply in debt. I had started a company and lost a lot of money, lost almost a million dollars. And I was in debt, and I was, went to a friend. I said, I'm about to file bankruptcy. I had already paid $1,200 for it. And he said, don't, don't file. I said, why not? He said, you can pay it. I said, how can I pay it? He said, well, I said, well, I said, how can I pay it? He said, how much in debt are you? And I gave him this figure. It was well over $100,000 plus. And he said, you can pay that, James. And at the moment, I didn't understand how to do that. But something in my spirit hit me when he said those words, and I didn't file. And it took me a year later that 90% of that debt was gone. And even the people that invested in my company, that when I left, my partners wouldn't pay back. And they took that money, and I love them. I won't even go that deep. But I had nothing to do with it, but I was responsible because they did it because it was me. Uh, I was blessed within 12 months to, to work hard and to create something, and all those people were able to be paid back. And I called them. And they began to cry. And, you know, and I learned some things because nobody ever pays me back. And that's okay. <laughs> and I just have to do what I need to do. But I, I'm saying this because not to brag or to impress anyone. To let you know I found that it was possible. And in the deep swales of the earth, that's where I found the nutrients I needed. And that's why I found the space I needed to become rooted and to sprout out of the ground. And I'm so thankful for those tough times, for those hard times. I'm thankful for you, Pastor, and your words. I'm thankful for what is yet to come as we move forward together because I am part of that army and I will move forward. And for each and every person that's watching and listening that has a spirit that you know that there's something inside of you that says there's more, what's next? I want you not to be the person that lays in their deathbed and around you stands your hopes, your dreams, your possibilities, and they look at you and say, we came here for you to give you everything. We were sent by God to serve you, but you wouldn't use us, and now we must die with you. I believe that we live forever by the lives we touch, the work we do. And after that, every day is a great day. Some are just better. So this is going to end our show. God bless you guys. We look forward to you being next week with the Honorable Secretary of State of Illinois, Mr. Jesse White. He's doing some phenomenal things on five different fronts, 17, different, 17 years in office, maybe over 20 now. And then we're going to bring back Daniel Cooter as well. So God bless you guys. This concludes our show. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.